ESPN's The Far Post podcast. We are back for another Women's World Cup Express post. We're already up to day three, but we are reviewing day two's matches. We're very much looking forward to it. Lots of big storylines, lots of fun results to talk about. So we can't wait to crack in. Before we begin, though, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri and Yuggera people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. For today's Express Post, you have me, Marissa Lordanik, Angela Christian Wilkes, and Anna Harrington. So, friendos, we need to start with the story that has captured the nation, the calf that has its tiny little hands around the throat of the entirety of Australia. It's Samantha Kerr's calf. So, Harrow, can you please provide a quick update on Sam Kerr's calf, which will, I unfortunately think, be a running segment for at least the first couple of weeks of this daily pod. <laughs> Wow. Um, that was certainly an intro. I mean, the, the latest update is Sam Kerr got doorstopped um, upon arriving in Brisbane yesterday, which uh, for those playing at home Friday, um, she got doorstopped by a Channel 10 journo and asked, Sam Kerr, is your World Cup over? To which she said, definitely not. And then the follow-up, which I think really left a lot of uh, room for, wriggle room from Sam, was, are we going to see you against Canada? To which she basically said, Yes. <laughs> in what capacity? We don't know what that'll be. Um, in short, uh, as I said on the, the pod yesterday, it is it is the story all over the joint. Everyone's looking for the next follow on Sam Kerr. That's involved calling physios, calling sports medicine experts. I know at AAP, my colleague George Clark did that. Um, the general vibe seems to be that it's a low-grade calf injury um, based on the fact she's, this has been pretty consistent amongst all the various Australian publications that have spoken to experts that it's low grade um, because she's walking freely. So hopefully that means she'll be right for the, the knockouts. I think it feels like it's going to be touch and go with Canada, right? We know she's getting reassessed after the, the Nigeria game that she's not featuring in. Um, and, of course, helping everyone's case out is that Australia were the only team in Group B to get maximum points from the first game. So they win against Nigeria, they're through the knockouts and probably makes decision time on Sam Kerr that little bit easier so the update is there really is no update on Sam Kerr and we I'm imagining that's going to be the case um throughout this next week or so we're like it'll get asked every day to whoever is up how's Sam going as I said yesterday they've taken that bit of pressure off by confirming she's already going to miss the next game so it's just going to be that 15 minutes of training that everyone's in everyone's going to be watching to see how that that rehab is going if Sam Kerr's out on the track Get ready. We need like a calf cam or something. Yes. Just that's just that's basically what this ease. segment is going to be. It's going to be calf cam and we're going to put a, a <laughs> tiny little like cow because calves, that's what I've decided. Oh, yes. um, Everyone's filming the compression bandage. Yeah, and it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely There's sensational. So many TikToks that can happen here. <laughs> anyway. And we can't wait to see wait to see them on the Far Post TikTok. Um, but yes, now that we've got our Kerr update out of the way, also I just joked to YouTube before we hit record, we've gone full AFL, we've gone full NRL. Like there is not a single publication out there that does not have a story about Sam Kerr's calf. We've made it, baby. Um, but let's actually if you don't have multiple stories, <laughs> what are you doing? It's if you if you're not going if you're not milking this ah. for all it's worth, what are you doing? The, the jokes write themselves here, but let's actually talk about the World Cup because there is actually a World Cup going on, which is still 
such a novelty to me. So we spoke a little bit yesterday about, yesterday about that Nigeria-Canada result. Angela was there, but as you know, if you listened yesterday, she was fighting for her life with her phone battery. So I'm actually really keen to get your thoughts now about that game, about the atmosphere, about glorious Melbourne and the misses. So please tell us a little bit more about Nigeria-Canada. This was such a fun game to go to and to be a part of. I think I want to say as a neutral, but I was definitely going for Nigeria. And I think the bulk of like the neutral neutrals in the crowd were also kind of going for Nigeria as well. Um, there was like a lot of red, but the every time kind of Nigeria got into that final third or they had an opportunity, the noise was just like all for them. Um, yeah. And it was, it was just like from, I had like, I sat with my dad who got category one. He's got that category one money uh, seats, uh, like three rows back, really good spot. And unfortunately if you were that close to the pitch there's these camera people and they're just like yeah so the the first rivalry was definitely Nigeria Canada on the pitch but the other rivalry was my dad and the camera crew he was just like I wish that they would go away and I was like yes your individual view is more important than the world feed and he was like that's right yes correct um Anyway, so yeah, really, really good game, end to end, um, very physical. I think we've been talking about this being the group of death. I think it's just the group of crunch, right? Like the these are all, like Nigeria, Canada and Ireland are all incredibly physical teams and that was so notable in this game. So many yellows, I think all in the second half as well. So it, the intensity was from kickoff, but I think the ref realised she was like, hmm, I'm going to have to reel this in or it's going to get nasty. Come second half. Um, and yeah, it was definitely, there was a lot of tension there. But um, yeah, just at the the atmosphere when um, Endozi saved that penalty and then got a double save as well. Incredible atmosphere. And my friend Nadia was in the crowd at that kind of end of the pitch and she had some Nigerian fans in front of her. And she said that there was this one guy, like every time Nigeria stopped a, an opportunity or they did something like from Canada, he'd turn around and he'd be like, not today, not today. And it's just like, I feel like that was definitely the, the energy from the Nigerian team as well, right? Um, yeah, so much fun. I think the result is super interesting. I, I feel like a lot of people came into this thinking that Canada would come away with a win, but it's... Uh, I, I I wasn't convinced. My prediction was 1-0 to Nigeria. I thought they would pinch it. And they got so close to pinching it as well. But um, Canada, I don't know. They they tend to be, I feel like, the more physical team. And they just weren't in this match and they didn't like that. So anyway, that's, that's a glorious Melbourne. The misses looked immaculate. It was so beautiful. The vibes were great. Melbourne itself is like... It's just so nice to like go into the CBD and there's so much World Cup stuff happening. Went to the store in um, the Rebel store at Melbourne Central, which is just is like has all the kits, has everything you could ever possibly want. So definitely go there if you're fanging to get your hands on some merch. Yeah, it's ugh, just good vibes. World Cup in Melbourne. Incredible. Incredible. I will say I do have one complaint, though, because I always have complaints. You just can't be complacent. There was a particular venue that is close to the missus 
that had like pre-game, had a thing on their Facebook about pre-game drinks, right? And so I assumed because they were posting about having the World Cup on that they would then have the World Cup on after the game. So went there after the game to watch the first half of Switzerland, Philippines, they did not have the World Cup on. They had the chase, England version. <laughs> they weren't screening it. I was like, this is misleading or maybe I'm stupid. But like, that's just a tip. Maybe just if you're looking at venues to go to, to watch games, make sure that they say that they're screening it. Don't just assume that because they know the World Cup exists that they're going to be actually putting the games on. That's all. Okay, I hope that was enough content for Nigeria, Canada. But yes, good good fun. For me, it's just, it opens up the group, right? Like that game, it's all of a sudden it turns things in Australia's favour. Um, I mean, I guess people look at it different ways, but for for me, it, it's much better to be in the position where you bank three points like Australia have, and all you need to do is bank three more to get through to the knockout stages because um, that's really all that matters at the end of the day, right? Um, yeah, I, I thought this game was great value, and you could tell it sounded like um, those that were going in the mix zone area, the Canada players were obviously understandably flat, felt like they should have taken three away from it. It sounded like both coaches were very measured um, in, in their approach to it. It felt like a pretty deserved point. It sounded like overall just a great day out. Everyone that I know that went, I had massive FOMO seeing this this game on, on Off The Sport and being like, that's our city. And it's nearly packed out, Amy, just for a... Just like for for two teams that like let's be honest, you don't think Melbourne and go. There's a huge Nigerian or huge um, Canadian population in Melbourne, but it sounds like people just turned out and plenty of neutrals um, because of the Canadian TV time as well. It's a family friendly hour. I know of so many people who who took their kids. Um, that included Angela. She is one of the kids. Um, <laughs> I was just gonna say, my friend Anna, her colleague was taking. Um, they brought their kid into the office because they were going straight to the game and um her colleague's son was just like I'm going for Canada because they make maple syrup and I was like you know what that's (laughs) solid that's that's a solid justification (laughs) and I kind of reason yeah I mean I'm not going for Canada for that reason but if I was a child I feel like I would absolutely run with that logic so yeah I can't fault that logic. It's genuinely sensational. But, um, yeah, we spoke a little bit about it yesterday. The save from Mendozi for the Sinclair penalty, sensational. The Sheridan save with her feet, absolutely unbelievable. Just so, so good. Were you guys at all surprised that the red card was not initially a red card? Because you look at that replay and you're like, how could that have been anything other than a red card? Oh, she, off crunched, the she crunched you it. Like, yeah. like, there were little cartoon noise sound effects coming off that. It was ugly. So I don't fully understand how that, like, I'm not to give VAR kudos because I, I would still rather not have it, but that was good varring. Well done, VAR. Um, yeah, genuinely insane. But like we've said a couple of times now, it's good for Australia that they lead this group. They've got that win. They've got that three points. They've got a clean sheet. We love to see it. But we move on to Switzerland 2, Philippines nil. It was the Philippines' debut game at the World Cup. 
Angie Beard we saw, friend of the pod Angie Beard. We'd love to see her make her World Cup debut for the Philippines, but ultimately it was Switzerland coming up trumps there. One of the goals, one of Switzerland's goals was a penalty from Ramona Bachman. Every single game that has been played so far has had a penalty. So, Dr. Harrow, do you have a diagnosis as to why everyone is giving away penalties in these games? We literally have not had a single game without one. As we're recording, I've got the US game, US-Vietnam game on in the background, and we've just had a penalty, which Alex Morgan's penalty has been saved. And then, to be honest, she kind of like she gets chopped down on the rebound and maybe hurt herself a little bit. But, yeah, that penalty got saved as Jesus. well. I, I, have, I have no idea. Um, I mean, most of them have been there. The one, one of the exceptions I'd say would be the one that was paid against the Philippines yesterday, which was so, so soft. And I just don't know what the Philippines defender was meant to do in that situation. Like had already committed to the challenge. It felt like a 50, 50, both players going in, both sort of clipped each other. Like felt like a play on situation line, super soft, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know why <laughs> there's so many penalties. And as I said, most, most it feels like most of them have been there. The the one for Steph Catley that Steph Catley scored the other night certainly was. Um, and so many have been saved as well. <laughs> I feel like that's the secondary point. Like, A, why are there so many? B, why is no one converting them except for Steph Catley and Ramona Bachman? Like, it's a very terrible record considering the general mythology and general stats around penalties are if you get them your chances are look at pre- looking pretty good at getting a goal. So it's weird. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Were you surprised Switzerland 2-0 over Philippines at all as a result? Um, not necessarily. Like I was watching this one in patches because I was working on Sam Kerr updates for most of it. Um, my colleague Ben McKay from AIP was there and his impression was, I know Philippines had some good chances earlier. They had one would-be goal called offside, but from there it felt like, uh, Switzerland very much had the upper hand um, and the penalty would take a fair bit of wind out of your sails as well. They fought it out. They showed some good signs, but um, Switzerland obviously dominated possession and it's from where I could tell the, the second goal felt very deserved. I think that's a pretty professional win mm. from Switzerland in the end. Like that group just seems to me, to me so chaotic and so one of those one of those groups were a little bit similar to the Australian group, I suppose, in that all four teams would back themselves to get out of the group. Uh, so just getting that done against a real danger team in the Philippines who um, have gone, had such an incredible journey um, to get there, um, yeah, that's that's really professional from Switzerland and puts them in a really good position um, to, to actually get their way out of the group. So I think that's a really important point because we focused a lot yesterday on how Norway are frauds, so it really does put the Swiss in a sensational position to kind of lead Group A and look really good as well while doing it. The final thing I wanted to mention from this game was from a friend of the pod, Amy Rusky. Do you have any idea why Switzerland are wearing the iPhone calendar app on their jerseys? Because now that she has said it, I simply cannot unsee it. <laughs> no, I don't know why. I, I don't know. I don't know. You think like watches would be more their thing? Yeah, it would check out. It would definitely check out. Angela, are you with us again? I am. <laughs> Do you have any 
takes on Switzerland Philippines before we move on. We've just had a little chat about the penalty, how it was a bit soft. We've been uh, speaking mm. poorly of the Switzerland kit because it's not good. Sorry to Puma, but it's not. Yeah, they've really not done well with that one. Um, also, kit pod out soon once I get my shit together. Uh, you will be surprised. Well, actually, I think we're pretty consistent in the kit ranking pod about how we feel about particular things. We've got some principles. Anyway, what was I going to say? Oh, the pen, yes. Dissected that over breakfast this morning with the one-man merch machine, and he made the point that, like, the Philippine, you may have covered this already, sorry, I was in no man's land with the internet in my house, uh, that the Philippines player was, like, already going, like, she was going for the ball and the Swiss player fell. Like, she basically fell on the foot of the Philippines player. So, yeah, it just didn't seem, yeah, particular. It's interesting that it went to VAR and then it was still decided to be a penalty. But is what it is. Hopefully just that those kinds of decisions aren't made in, you know, more high, like not high-risk games. But anyway, as, as, we, as I dropped out, the USA-Vietnam game is on in the other room and the internet also dropped out as the Vietnamese goalkeeper saved a penalty from the US. So we're all suffering in this house today. I um, just heard absolute um, chaos from Tom and my dad when that happened. But anyway, yes, um, that's that's my take. Yes, soft pen. Um, and, we, and we saw, you mentioned it not being costly. I guess I suppose what you mean is later in the knockout phase as well. We heard Alan Sajic in the post-match say well, was it clear and obvious it's meant to be clear and obvious for VAR to overview and I think that's a pretty fair point to be honest like in no way was it a clear pen like we've seen some clear pens we've seen Hayley Razzo get bundled to the ground we've seen Christine Sinclair get a foot stepped on like big difference so yeah hopefully we don't see too many more like that I don't envy the ref explaining that over the PA to everyone like how you could see that was a was a pen anyway we move on. It's a very open group. It is a very open group. But we move on to the final game of day two, which was Spain 3, Costa Rica 0. I feel like the way we need to talk about this game is Aitana Bomati because holy moly, can she play football? She's, I think she knows a little bit about football and how to play it. Um, a thing, thing or two about being in the midfield. <laughs> just, her, about fainting around a defender uh, and scoring some goals. That goal was absolutely sensational. Actually, she'd probably do, better with go- probably do a bit better on the goals front of Spain in general. Was it 41 shots? It was Three goals? ridiculous stats. Please tell us more about it. I mean, from when I was watching, which was uh, courtesy of my cancelled and rescheduled flight to, to Brisbane to get back to Tilly's camp, um, I was watching this on my phone in the airport because what else would you do? Just chance after chance after chance after chance. <laughs> like Spain were just cutting through them. They play such beautiful football and um, there is that sort of dichotomy between like how good are they and how good could they be without all the the off-field issues, the issues with Jorge Vilda. If you had all of their players available, obviously we know cho- some chose to sat out. Alexia Pateas is still coming back from injury. She she came off the bench um, late. But, yeah, they just, I mean, we expected this to go on. They could have easily put eight or nine past Costa Rica and credit to them. They, you know, defended very, like, staunchly. They just kept going and working really hard. And um, I think after maybe the, would have been a little bit of shell shock with copying those early ones. 
against Spain really sort of held their nerve and were quite organised against them. But yeah, Spain. <laughs> I think I saw someone say on Twitter, "This is now like shooting practice for Spain." And geez, do they need it because <laughs> they were just not converting those chances. At the end of the day, you take three points, you carry on. But I think when you look at this group and it's likely to come down to Spain and Japan. Um, and if they end up playing out a draw, for example, like goal difference could be the big thing. So, yeah, it, not a cost, not costly necessarily for Spain, but they'll be feeling like they left a few goals out there. But I feel like there's a joke. What a player. Costly, Costa rica No. Sorry. We can workshop that. We can make that better. Um but yeah, you're right. I've just checked Google. It was 46 shots, 12 on target, 81% possession for three goals, one of which was an own goal also need to mention that. I think we could got to give a lot of credit to Solera, the Costa Rican goalkeeper, because I was re-watching the highlights this morning and she was pulling off some absolutely blinding saves, real kind of game of her life situation there. I thought she was fantastic. Um but, yeah, I think it's a little bit scary that Spain can sort of flick a switch, be really, really lethal in front of goal, and if they get their act together further along in the tournament, they could very much do something here. Whether they do or not, that's going to be the story that we watch. Uh, real quickly as well, Jenny Hermoso's penalty. Garbage. Unbelievably <laughs> bad, like... She's not had a good start to life in New Zealand, Jenny Amoso. She, she, she really hasn't. But I was just like, I could hear my dad just like, why would you hit it at the perfect height for the goalkeeper? Like, it, like there was nothing good about that penalty from Jenny. So um, she, she contributes to the uh, list of players who have not converted penalties at this World Cup. But, yeah, I just – I could not believe – how bad it was for someone of her kind of calibre and esteem and goal-scoring abilities. So, yeah. Any final thoughts on Spain-Costa Rica? No? Cool. All right. Any final newsy bits that we've come across, Harrow? Yeah, we've had the, um, the Dutch who... Not had a great start to their time in New Zealand. Um, obviously, uh, they're having they're not happy because their training pitch they believe is not up to standard. I think the coach describes along the lines of amateur. Uh, they've got a cricket pitch in the middle of it. They're not happy. Um, I'm not sure where that's that's going to land. Um, yeah, it seems very suboptimal. I know that everyone got to sort of check out their facilities um, beforehand with the FIFA scanning, so I'm not sure what exactly has happened. Yeah, they've called it an amateur World Cup training pitch. They don't think it's they think it's unfit for purpose. They'd been apparently they'd been promised by officials the cricket pitch will be removed before their arrival. It is not. They're at uh, Taranga's Bay Oval. Um and the coach has said uh I will not train on this. So yeah, so far they've been training at the venue but around the hard surface. So they can't obviously play full pitch games. So yeah. They're not very happy and obviously that's followed. The, as I mentioned, uh, they've already um, not had a great start to their situation with New Zealand. Obviously the Haka video where their approach to being condemned for it was to say we didn't know it was the Haka and we all know that the video actually references that. So 
yeah, the Dutch, they start their campaign tomorrow. Um, whether they can shake off this really uh, sort of distracted start to their campaign is um, going to be interesting. I know Taylor Swift said karma is a cat, but maybe karma is a cricket pitch in this scenario. Anyway, this you know, what goes around comes around. No I think you just wanted to work Taylor Swift into this, to be honest. Um, the only other little bit of news that kind of broke overnight was that Zambia have had another player withdrawn from their squad. So they lost their go- goalkeeper, uh, Hazel Nali, to a serious knee injury last week. And they've now lost midfielder Grace uh, Chunder, who was ruled out overnight. They haven't really given a reason. Um, there was talk of just illness that's all we kind of know but that's two kind of first team players who will no longer be uh, at the World Cup for Zambia so uh, not a great start for them either in terms of um, just player availability. And obviously coming out of England we know that they just seem to keep bubbling away with off-field distractions. Um, They've England put out that statement, their players put out that statement, which seems to take the, the FA uh, or sort of blindside the FA even, saying that they're still, you know, chasing those bonus payments. Um, they wanted it sorted before the World Cup. It's not, so they're going to put it on hold. Um, they, are, The good news for them is that Millie Bright fit to start against Haiti. Um, but, yeah, it's a very distracted sort of build-up for England. Whether they can park that, we'll see. They're planning to wear the eight different armbands provided by FIFA across the tournament, which, I mean, that's very confident um, for one thing. But, yeah, we've seen a few different armbands. Well, we saw Marin Mielda from Norway actually wear a black armband over the top of one of the official sanctioned ones. So that's clearly a statement in itself, right? Um, and Steph Catley, I believe, wore the armband for Indigenous people for Australia the, the other day. We saw Angela's hinting at Ali Riley's nails, supporting the LGBTIQ plus community. Um, basically saying you can't stop me showing my support. So there's been a few little yeah, tidbits coming out of these early games. And I think n- literally none of this is unexpected. We all knew that this cohort of players was never going to let kind of official rulings stop them from taking a stand and talking about what they believe in. So we love to see it. We spoke a little bit about Ali Riley yesterday. We continue to stand. Um, just finally, I'm going to what's coming up next we are recording while the united states are playing vietnam it's two nil at half time but we'll obviously talk about that one tomorrow we've got zambia japan coming up england haiti and then denmark china for your perth kickoff so if you want to watch football from about 5 p.m australian eastern standard time to midnight you're covered world cup baby it's so good um anything else before we wrap this up for today I'm taking your silence as a no. That's us done. As always, we're over on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app. You can follow us on Spotify, Apple and Google, all of the usual pod spots. Make sure you do subscribe so that you get your daily pods straight onto your phone as soon as they drop. As always, my stuff will be over on ESPN.com.au. Harrow will be on AAP, which you can find lots of different places. Make sure you follow Angela on social media because she is going to games and you are going to get a perspective you simply aren't going to get anywhere else. And obviously, Sam's stuff will be over on the ABC. If you want to have a chat to us, we're at the Far Post Pod on all social media. But until next time, see ya!